Hey, I'm George, and you're listening to Future Mix Podcast. This series brings you right into the world of making music with the artists of the future. Jonah Hitchens is a funk and soul artist who studied jazz at Trinity Laban Conservatoire. He's self-released two EPs and two live albums, which were also filmed for YouTube. Already, he's performed at prestigious venues such as Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club and has had the chance to headline an international online groove festival called Live From Lonely Town. Jonah has collaborated with such people as Swing It, a Norwegian-based hot jazz band, as well as Temenite, an EDM producer. I caught up with Jonah and we got chatting about his most recent EP, Floating, released in 2018, as well as what got him started out in the world of music. I always had the dream of being a, like a, a rock god originally, you know. That's why I've got the uh, the long hair and stuff, you know. Ever since I yeah. uh, ever since I got my first guitar, that was it. You know, I, I couldn't think of anything else. You know, my my parents were always playing like classic rock around the house. You know, I'd have uh, jam sessions with my dad, and you know, there, you know, mum was always putting records on. It is always some old kind of rock or something like that. You know, like Jimi Hendrix or yeah. you know Led Zeppelin along those lines. I was listening to all that, and I thought, well, great. You know, that was and you know because that was all I was listening to in the house. I just assumed that that's what everybody in the world loved as well. Mm. I thought yeah. I thought the whole world just loved classic rock, <laughs> and I thought it was that easy. You know get really good at guitar, learn the pentatonic scale, you know, scream down a microphone and that's it. And it felt like it too. You know, the early days of doing like pub gigs and all that. Yeah. You know, you, you, you know, you're playing for, well, a J2O uh, after, <laughs> after secondary school in some youth club or whatever. And you're like, yeah, this is, this is it. I'm, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. couple, couple more years of this and I'm going straight to the top. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, and then I, I was listening to, you know, a lot of jazz or whatever, and I was, uh, but I still loved the whole, the Jeff Buckley thing, and I loved, uh, and obviously everyone was listening to hip-hop now, of course, and, you know, so I was kind of had all of these cool things going on, and I think floating is kind of my, was my way of kind of bringing everything from my past, uh, you know, with all of these things that I was being exposed to. You mentioned picking up the guitar as a kid and stuff. Did the vocals come hand in hand with that? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, obviously I went for guitar first uh, and the singing only really came out of, you know, it would be sitting around at a dinner party. You know, everyone's kind of passing the guitar around. You know, I know a few chords, so I'll play this. And then somebody just put, uh, you know, these lyrics and a song, you know, like what some of those like black books people have with like, you know, all the best hits that you know and love yes. from, you know, I don't know. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know the ones. Yeah. And I thought, actually, yeah, I can do this. You know, I just, I can get myself through a tune playing and singing. I, I don't know how I got into like writing music. I think I just started looking at loads of documentaries, again, classic rock, of course, uh, you know, hmm. of how people wrote tunes. And I thought I just I just wanted to get in on some of that action. You know, I wanted to, you know, make these tunes for myself. In your songwriting process, is it just you there with a piece of paper and thoughts come out? Or, you know, is there a certain topic you come back to? I write songs very, very slowly. I know some people you know, they, they like to sit down every day or every week and they say, right, this hour is dedicated to writing a song and whatever comes out, 
if it's good, great, we'll use it for something else. Or if it's not great, what a great learning experience this was, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then eventually, after they've done that for long enough, then they've got something that, you know, they can be proud of. But for me, it's kind of like if I, you know, one day I'll just wake up and start playing guitar, looking out the window and something will hit me in the right way. You know, I'll play some chords that kind of make me think about the moment that's going on. And generally speaking, the lyric isn't there, but conceptually, I know exactly what I'm feeling. The, the island, for example, yeah. that was just a case of, you know, I played that riff and, you know, this riff just comes out of nowhere and you're like, oh, that sounds really good. And then my mind immediately, if I hear something, I'll picture something. And I'm like, well, that obviously makes me think of the water. I write about water a lot and, you know, makes me think of this tropical island or whatever. And then there we go, straight away. It's almost like that song is destined to be about this. Um, but the problem with that is it means that I can't just you know make anything in with those chords and it'll be what you know it'll be a song but at the same time once the idea's sewn then it's kind of like any time from then i'll get inspiration from whatever you know i'll be on a walk i'll be doing something and it'll just click and be like right oh brilliant yeah that's the next lyric floating has a very cohesive sound to it like it has a very kind of nice roundedness to it do you think that's because it is your writing or is it because of the actual recording and production process behind it? That's a very good question. And it comes down to, yes, it's my writing for a start. You know, the order of it, I realized it couldn't have been in any other order than it was. It, it has this kind of subtle storyline throughout, which all kind of goes with the idea of water. But I didn't necessarily write them in that order. We just put them in that order in the end. And it was like, oh, yeah, obviously they have to be exactly like that. When I'm writing, I find that I subliminally have a theme in my head, which in this case, floating, it was water, you know, it, it comes up in the lyrics so often. I want to say it was an accident, but I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it could be because if you're writing something, you're kind of always thinking along the same lines and everything's going to kind of have this, you know, cohesive kind of jelliness to it you know yeah. in the sort of gelling together not actually wobbly like jelly uh, obviously and also uh chris chris Tilt, my producer you know he's also one of my oldest friends i've known him since i was in year seven so he he knows my style of writing really well as a producer he's really able to listen to what i'm trying to go for with a song and then produce it kind of accordingly which is why None of my EPs tend to have exactly the same sound to it, even though they're obviously similar enough that you can hear that it's the same artist. You know, um, it's quite, it's, you know, it's, it's arguably quite hip hop style production, even though, it, you know, it's quite a uh, singer songwritery kind of songs. You know, Chris is also very good at saying, you know, there's always like one song extra that I always write that doesn't quite work. And I'm like, hey, it's a nice song. It'd be, you know, it'd add an extra banger to the EP. And he's always like, it's not ready yet. It doesn't actually work with the whole flow of everything. I think it's best to leave it on the side and bring it back another time or... Speaking about the mix itself. <clears throat> yes. Presumably, this is not just you playing all the instruments. Is there a band behind Jonah Hitchens? No, no, there's a, there is a band. And it's, uh, it's people that I've 
known for, I've been lucky enough to play with for a very long time and they've stuck by me. So they must, uh, they must actually like the music. <laughs> so they're certainly not getting paid enough. <laughs> so, you know, we got Chris, obviously, who I've mentioned. He's the, he, he always drums. And uh, I think, you know, being a, a drummer producer, you're going to get it sounding, <laughs> you're going to get on board with the concept of any kind of tune. Mm. The drums always sound great for some reason, uh, you know. <laughs> they do sound great. I was going to mention that they are very full and, and fat, the drums. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's good, yeah. And because they're the first thing that, that hit you on the island, it's like, wow, that, that snare drums made an impression straight away. Yeah, for sure. And like in that song, you can even feel the snare in, uh, as if it was a bass drum in some cases yeah. as well, which is great. Um, he said, uh, you know, as the producer drummer-ness and him coming out, he said that as a drummer, if you look at the kind of uh, the wave of, uh, of drums, you have everything from the bass down low to like, you know, the crisp highs of like the, uh, the cymbals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then everything in between. So literally when you look at the drum track compared to everything else without the drum track, it looks quite similar. So he says, when you're playing a drum part, you kind of have to play the song on the drums. I know that sounds kind of obvious, mm. but you have to play the drums as if it's the whole song. Yeah, they have, certainly your drum kit has the potential to just dominate every frequency on the spectrum. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, he's been the drummer, which is great. We've got uh, the bass player, a guy called Fraser Kerslake, who is just a machine. Uh, you know, he's ridiculous. You know, the technically the best bass player I can, <laughs> I know at least. Um, everyone in my band, it, you know, the music is important, but the banter, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> You've got to get along, haven't you? There's, there's no point. You've got to get along, together. exactly. Which brings us to Ozzy Parker, who is the nicest guy in the world and also an incredible keys player. You know, we just know each other so well and the music, you know, the music we make, I feel like has that sort of happiness to it. You know, anyone that ever sees us live, they just, they see us having a, an absolutely great time and I think it comes through. Even if we're playing a sad song, I think, you know, we kind of, we have that understanding to know how to kind of play with the emotions of a piece and kind of play with each other. Like, there, there's a lot of trust in the music. But I just need to find out This was in a very, very DIY EP. We actually recorded it in like Chris's parents' shed in his back garden, pretty much. Two of the tunes, so I Will Be Your Man and The Island, we live tracked at a place called Big Red Studios in Noosnabba. It doesn't exist anymore, sadly. So those are the only ones that we actually went to a studio 
ish. It was it's basically just a big room that's painted red, hence the name Big Red. The island actually was our if we've got time. Really? We'll record the island. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Like it's always the case. It was a uh, with the tracks that become the best ones. It was the one that was like, oh, if we have time, we've got this other one that we might maybe think of doing. And I kind of, you know, basically taught it to them then and there. And then we recorded it a couple of times because we were running out of time. And then it turned out to be the absolute banger, which is, you know, I think there's too many stories like this, but... It's certainly something I've heard before, that that kind of that tune that was cast aside or mm. largely mm. forgotten about until the end ended up just suddenly coming up past all the others and, you know, becoming the best and the biggest. If you like drinking in the sunshine Where the ice cold beer on the glass of wine Then this must be the place for you Ooh. A sip relax on the bay The Hammond organ, again, with with the whole roughness that we recorded this, we get to the room, you know, ready to do some recording, and we just kind of stop, you know, and we look at each other and we're like, is that a Hammond organ? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that wasn't here last time. <laughs> so we speak to the guy and he's like, oh yeah, uh, some guy lives locally. He bought this Hammond, but he never uses it. So he asked if he can keep it here and come and play it whenever you know the studio is not booked but he just asks if anyone uses it to just you know chuck him a tenner so we're like you know we're just reaching for our wallets like all right yep <laughs> i got a tenner and then it's funny enough Oz, you know ozzy didn't end up playing any other instruments we just set up the hammond and uh ozzy just used that he's never played hammond in his life whilst we're setting everything up we're like right you just go and learn how to do this real quick <laughs> and then like you know people spend years mastering the hammond and like he you know we were just like yep quick go and go and do this and uh and obviously because we're live tracking if you listen to the hammond track which i'm sure you have mm. it's basically like at first you just think it's a an iphone recording of the whole room until <laughs> the organ comes in and you're like oh no <laughs> It's the organ part. <laughs> Do you prefer to record your tracks that way in a live situation? It's really about the performance of it. And it's really about being in a room. It has to be live because it's it needs to have that energy it needs to have the fear you know it needs to have the it can go wrong any moment yeah. but it might not you know because the solo that ozzy plays in it is and, and the solo that ollie plays on guitar is actually um live as well you know we didn't overdub that we could have done um and maybe we should have done but we we did have done <laughs> <laughs> so then it's just a case of going back and redubbing some backing vocals and stuff like that and then it's yeah then yeah yeah you, you have fun sort of listening to the whole thing and going right what does it actually need here yeah you know do we need to put backing vocals in here and i think uh, you know i think it's weird you know you, you know if we were to do it again i'm sure this ep would sound completely different because we'd be different people and we'd say maybe we don't need to just put loads of bvs in here now maybe you know oh, it's a snapshot of like where you exactly were yeah in time absolutely and for the rest of your band as well so i think it's really good to have it documented in that way 
Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. The island. The island. What is the island? The whole concept of the EP is all about this kind of, about water. And I like water because it feels very kind of connecting. You know, when you're you're looking over the ocean or a, a river or something like that, you know that that bit of water is kind of connected to every other bit of water ever. So I like I like that. Same with like train tracks, but we're, you know, we're, <laughs> we're kind of going down. That's a nice thought. I never thought yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of, this is when, you know, most of my friends just say, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing I like, you know. Um, and, and floating has this kind of, there's a piece to it, to float. It's kind of like, you, you, you don't control floating, you know, otherwise it's swimming or sailing or something like that. But floating, you can't control it. Yeah. The island is, it's like you've completed the game, almost like in a sort of afterlife kind of way. But, you know, it's like, here we are, we've made it to the island, you know. Yeah. Although the first word is take a boat and come with me. So we've obviously found or stolen another boat <laughs> from somewhere. But let's not let's not read into that. Uh, <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then when we get there, we don't have to leave. It's kind of like, yeah, we, if you find if you find the thing that you want in life, then that's fine. Stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> And if you do, that's just great. In terms of gear and like your preferred method of recording and stuff, do you have like a, a, a trusty, faithful wreck of a guitar that has stayed with you throughout the years, or are you just kind of a collector? You've kind of hit the nail on the head, really. So my first ever guitar, it's an old nylon string that cost a pound that my mum actually bought for me from a recycle centre. And uh, at the time, I didn't really think about it. And it was just kind of, you know, everyone has that nylon string that's just in the corner. Um, and it broke a string. And for like, you know, years and years and years, I never used it. And then suddenly, a couple months ago, I restrung it. And it just sounds gorgeous. So I'm going to be, I mean, it costs a quid, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> I've just spent £1,500 on a new Gibson ES335. And then I'm going to be using this nylon string that I got from a recycle center. So that's kind of about as old and trusty as you can get. My other guitars, I've, I've, got, I've got a good relationship with all of my guitars, but obviously my Defender Strat that I have, I've had that for a very long time since I was in secondary school. And it's been through a life. Uh, and that is obviously featuring heavily on the EP. I'm not, I, I am a collector, but only I have to be quite persuaded to buy a new guitar, mainly because I can't afford it, but also because I think I have to need something so much to want to feel the necessity to add to my collection, which is kind of unlike every other guitarist ever in the world. Um, I think it's ma mainly money, to be honest. And are you, are you that into what you use to kind of track your vocals with and stuff? Have you got like a favorite mic there or is there less of a connection? Well, recently, yes. I actually, well, the, the last, um, I think the last session from floating onwards, including floating, I've tend to have only used an SM7 oh, yes. for my vocals. I mean, that's, is that what you're using right this very second? This no. very second. Uh, I mean, it sounds, it sounds 
through Apple headphones, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because you're hearing my AirPods Pro that, microphone. That, 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 oh right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, in fact, in, in that case, they sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> I do love an SM7, though. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, just because you can be, you can have, you can be so personal with them. You know, you can you can grab hold of them. You can you can kind of you have that kind of liveness to them because you you know you're touching your lips right up to the right up to it. So I like that. I know Chris has some kind of vocal preamp, which sounds great. It's you know, it's uh, I couldn't even tell you what it is. I don't know anything about how he EQs. I think he likes to use tube EQ plugins and stuff like that. He likes his he likes his analog mm. stuff. Chris does, and you know, I I I love that too. Anything that sounds tapey, you yeah. know, there's a lot to be said for like obviously the kind of analog emulations. Yeah, I never I never fully analog. Obviously, it's still ones and zeros inside a CPU. Sure, but sure. There's something about the way that they make you work. The way when you look at it, you EQ in a different way when you're not looking at something parametric and you're not seeing the frequencies. You start to make decisions very differently to how you would have. Yeah, well, exactly. And something that Chris said to me once, because, you know, my logic skills are absolutely terrible. If I ask him a question, he always says, you know, if you want to, if you need to think about how it works in logic, always think about how they used to do it when it was all hardware, you know, and then it'll mm. make sense to you, you know, if you want to learn how to do bus channels or how to properly like, you know, add like reverb into something, learn how they would have done it back in the day and how they would have, you know, plugged different wires in here and there. And then literally they've just replicated that in logic. And I think that's a nice way of thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, as people that love our, you know, dry 70s recordings, you know, I think, and it does, you're right, it does put you in the right mindset and also puts you in the mindset of only use plugins if you're hearing that it needs it. You know, I'm I'm listening to my Bill Withers and stuff like that, and you just hear, mm. you can hear the room, you can hear they've just shoved a couple of mics in, and you know, given it just the right amount of verb if it needs it. But really, you know, they're just trying to keep the source as good as possible, and I think that's kind of a good way to live your life. I guess the last thing is 2021 has just begun, although it hasn't really. It just feels like it has. Mm. What's coming up next? As far as this year goes, I'm really happy that we've got this new EP that I've been working on. And finally, you know, I've had a long time off, you know, what floating was 2018. And then since then, I've just been doing, you know, live sessions of, not that that's a problem, I've, I've really enjoyed them every moment. But I've kind of, after the last live session, the Life from Lonely Town, it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> it's time to actually bring out some new material now. So finally put it together sent it all to Chris as voice memos. He said, yep, they're sounding good enough to record. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've, uh, well, we're, we're going to book some dates in and hope they don't get cancelled. Uh, and this time we are actually going to a studio, which is nice. The first time we've ever done it properly. So yeah, I, I, and I'm so excited to finally be back in that zone of writing and recording and, you know, just having the best time feeling like a musician again, because it's been a long time. <laughs> and I look forward to hearing the results of that awesome venture into the studio. So yeah, I'm excited for that too. But thank you for joining me. And it's been really nice to just hear, well, to just hear from you, actually. It's been, it's been really good to hear all about this process and all the little details behind the story of making this EP and yeah well thank you so much and it's been it's been a pleasure being asked these questions you know people often ask different kinds of questions and I, you, I, I really like that I've I've had the chance to talk about some more real things this time <laughs> that's the way I'm feeling baby yeah 
Should we try one now when I've pushed record on Logic or... <laughs> 